This is Shanahan on Literacy, the podcast dedicated to the idea that there's no nobler act than to teach someone to read. I'm Tim Shanahan, and thanks for joining me today. Today's topic is, uh, what is linguistic comprehension in the simple view of reading? Uh, a teacher wrote to me recently, and here was her question. I'm hoping you can clarify a question that some of us are debating. I've sought out the wisdom of Kelly Cartwright and Katie Pace-Miles as well. Can you clarify the difference between language comprehension and listening comprehension? And where does linguistic comprehension fit in here? I'm asking because when we refer to the simple view of reading, so many people use listening comprehension, which is inaccurate. But this leads to the question of what are the nuances or subtleties of them all? Thank you. Well, that question is kind of academic, and I'll certainly answer the academic parts of the question, but it also raises, I think, some important uh, instructional questions that uh, it's worth thinking about this today. Uh, so here's my response. <laughs> a while back, I uh, posted a blog that dared to mention that the language comprehension in the simple model of reading, the simple model of reading is an idea that was put forth by Phil Goff and, and uh, Bill Tunmer back in 1986, uh, that the simple model of reading referred to listening comprehension. It, it wasn't the point of the blog. It was just something that I'd mentioned in passing. I was shocked uh, to receive a lot of blowback that I got uh, from some quarters. Uh, <laughs> many reading authorities, including some I'd never heard of, uh, were certain that it did not refer to listening, and uh, they were mad as hell and not going to take it anymore, I guess. <laughs> I went back and I, I looked and found that one of those most vociferous of, of critics had been using the term in the same way in her own publications. <laughs> they were recent publications, too, which meant that she had not undergone some Paulian conversion, <laughs> though I must admit that the thought of her being knocked off of her horse uh, was pleasing to me. Well, apparently, if I used listening comprehension as a synonym for language comprehension, I was an idiot, and if she did it, she was a scholar. <laughs> Your letter reminded me of that weird interchange. Perhaps my response here is going to stir up uh, another swarm of bees in the Twitterverse. <laughs> I hope not, but here we go. Uh, well, the simple view model uh proposes that reading, or reading comprehension, is the product of decoding. That's context-free word recognition, figuring out the words from the letters, and linguistic comprehension abilities. If you're lacking either of these collections of skills, according to the theory, uh, then your reading proficiency will be undermined. There are various reasons why someone might use terms like linguistic comprehension or language comprehension in, in, in that kind of a model. The most obvious one is that the user is referring to the comprehension of both oral and written language and using, is using those, those adjectives of linguistic or language to emphasize that kind of comprehensiveness. That clearly is not what's going on here. Uh, the, the purpose of the model was to describe the abilities that underlie reading comprehension. And so you wouldn't want to lump uh, listening and reading together in that way. A second possibility 
is that the use of these terms uh, to modify comprehension was really intended to slow us down, to slow uh, readers down so that they'd think about all the components of language that are inherent in listening comprehension. And I think that's really the best explanation of what's going on here. As uh, Hoover and Phil Goff in a 1990 paper explained explicitly uh, that they meant the term linguistic comprehension as a synonym for auding. And the paper defines auding as listening to language for the purpose of comprehension. Listening uh, to language for the purpose of comprehension. Here's another quote from the same paper that illustrates the the idea that they were likely stressing those components or underlying skills of listening comprehension. And it's a definition, and it starts, comprehension. In the simple view of reading, linguistic comprehension is the ability to take lexical information, that is, semantic information at the word level, and derive sentence and discourse interpretations. Reading comprehension involves the same ability, but one that relies on graphic-based information arriving through the eye. A measure of linguistic comprehension must assess the ability to understand language. And he has an important little uh, example here. By assessing the ability to answer questions about the contents of a listen-to narrative, in other words, the way you measure linguistic comprehension is with a listening comprehension test. Phil Goff, the father of the simple view, indicates that linguistic comprehension is determined by one's ability to listen to a message and answer questions about it. (laughs) That sure sounds like listening comprehension to me. But what abilities are included in in this listening comprehension? Well, again, I'm going to turn to Dr. Goff himself. Uh, He and his colleagues have written uh, about uh, the role of vocabulary and morphological knowledge. That's that lexical information that was referred to there. And an understanding of syntax and structure and cohesion. Those are those skills that are needed to formulate sentence and discourse interpretations, again, that were just mentioned by him in that paper. This conclusion about the meaning of language and linguistic comprehension and its meaning and my explanation of why it would be stated in that way is also consistent with Bill Tunmer's later um, measurements of the term in his own empirical research. Now remember, this original idea of the simple view was from Phil Goff and Bill Tunmer, and, and, and here Bill is doing his own studies in 2002 and 2007, and I've, there are other examples, but those are the two I grabbed. And he, certainly someone who must know what was meant by those terms, linguistic comprehension or language comprehension, indicates that he employs measures of listening comprehension in his studies to represent that component. I would also add that Though I've never discussed this issue explicitly with Phil Goff, I believe my interpretation to be consistent with the aspects of his theory that we actually did discuss. Uh, he used the theory once to press me very hard on my ideas about the value of writing and reading development. And so I'd certainly got an earful from Phil about uh, his thinking about uh, these kinds of ideas. The fundamental ideas of his theory are are 
Very, very straightforward. One, if you can understand oral messages and can listen to oral narratives with comprehension, then two, when you translate a text from print to oral language, in other words, when you read a text aloud, then you should be able to comprehend that sample of oral language, that that text that you just read aloud, as well, if either variable, listening comprehension with all its components and decoding with all of its deco- uh, components is deficient, then reading comprehension breaks down, according to Goff and his colleagues. Now, my homely explanation of that, that, gee, if you can decode text into oral language and you can understand oral language through your listening, then you should have reading comprehension. Uh, raises an additional insight about why the more straightforward term listening comprehension wasn't just used in the theory. It may have to do with the issue of r- silent reading. When somebody reads a text aloud, uh, or more aptly, decodes it aloud, the potential value of listening is evident. But what about during silent reading? A term like language comprehension covers instances when we hear language in our heads rather than through our ears. Of course, we can read silently, but the fact is we can also remember something that someone said to us earlier, or we can carry on imagined conversations in our minds. The term linguistic comprehension allows us to include such phenomena. And since we have no access uh, to that silent language comprehension that goes on in children's heads, uh, the only possible way to meaningfully operationalize linguistic comprehension in the classroom would be through tests of listening, the oral part of it. So the theory, the way they've laid it out, covers both silent reading and oral reading, even though its basis is really in this idea of decoding from text or a language. The simple view uh, theory has been valuable to us in education because of its simplicity and its testability. It is possible to see where the theory holds up and where it breaks down. Research is supported in many ways. For instance, you won't find many scholars of reading who don't believe that decoding and language comprehension are key parts of reading comprehension. If if you look at any of the alternative models that have been put forth since the simple view, and there are a number of them, every one of them prominently includes those two components, no matter what other changes they might have made to to the theory. There are also important problems with the model, however, and you should consider that when you're talking about this among teachers. The first one is that researchers have identified aspects of language that differ across the oral and written forms. Written language and oral language aren't exactly the same. Uh, for example, there are, there are vocabulary terms that one will see in reading, but you very rarely hear in oral language. The, the, the degree of complexity in written sentences tends to be much more complex than one ever hears in oral language, and, and, and so on. That means that readers may need to learn to deal with those aspects of language that differ across listening and reading. And the simple view doesn't account for that. Their notion is if you can listen, uh, you're, you're going to, you know, have, uh, you know, uh, 
comparable reading comprehension. But of course, the demands of text go beyond the demands of listening. And, and so those would be aspects that would have to be learned in addition. A, a second concern with the model is that researchers have found that even if one accounts for decoding and linguistic comprehension, that not all the variation in reading comprehension is accounted for. There have been a number of, of, of studies showing this. In fact, the model manages to uh, explain only about 60% of, of reading variance, only about 60% of what it is that makes us differ as readers, that makes some people better readers than others. This means that there must be other variables, knowledge of the world, uh, reasoning abilities, uh, executive processes to manage this whole thing, cognitive processing speed, and so on, that are implicated in reading too, that just aren't included in the model. Number three, the math problem of multiplying decoding and comprehension uh, don't quite work in the way the theory suggests, which could both be an issue of those missing variables that I just mentioned, or a suggestion that the relationship of decoding uh, with language comprehension may be a bit more complicated than the theory states. See, in the theory, those are two very separate variables. You learn to decode, you learn uh, linguistic comprehension. But research has revealed that decoding and linguistic comprehension are not so modular. They're not as separate as the theory holds. That vocabulary knowledge, for instance, is implicated in decoding development is the kind of thing that can really mess up a multiplication problem and that has important repercussions for our reading instruction. Number four, the model implies that reading comprehension instruction may not be needed since a strong listening capacity alone would do the job. At least at one point in time, uh, both Phil Goff and Ron Carver, the fellow who came up with Audin theory that I referred to earlier, uh, both argued that, that uh, we really didn't need much in the way of comprehension instruction. Research, however, finds listening and reading to be imperfectly correlated and shows that listening skills do not necessarily translate to reading automatically. <laughs> What that means is that the simple view should discourage no one from teaching reading comprehension. If someone uses the simple view to explain the importance of teaching either decoding or language comprehension in schools that are neglecting one or the other, I have no problem with that. That's a very good use of the theory these days. However, you should hear screeching brakes, squealing tires, and smashing glass like in the latest Marvel movie when someone tries to use the simple view as a map of what to include in a comprehensive reading curriculum, in a reading curriculum that, if taught, would lead to universal literacy. Uh, that approach of, of, of using the simple view as, as your plan for teaching would be about as effective as trying to buy your Tay-Tay tickets from Ticketmaster. You know, some are going to succeed, many others won't, and everybody's going to be ticked off. My advice? First, make sure your use of the simple view makes sense and isn't misleading you into ignoring important aspects of the reading process that are neither focused on decoding or are, or are not linguistic in nature. Second, let's not overcomplicate this. 
Basically, language or linguistic comprehension simply means, for all practical purposes, listening comprehension. Third, don't miss out, however, on what is being emphasized through the use of those language adjectives either. Listening is not a unitary ability. It is an applied ability that depends upon several language skills, including vocabulary, morphology, syntax, cohesion, and discourse structure. The point is that someone will not become a good reader without considerable development of all those abilities that are implicated in listening comprehension and in reading comprehension, too. Fourth, and my final point here, is although the model emphasizes the primacy of oral language abilities, I believe research suggests that building those skills both orally and in written form is really the best way to go. This uh, paper uh, has 11 uh, research citations in it, and, and those references are here for those of you who want it. You can download the paper on my website, Shanahan on Literacy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's fun talking literacy with you. Thank you so much. <laughs>